Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Y'all look serious. Stand with me this, this evening. Hallelujah. I see some faces I know, and uh, it's good to see everybody here tonight. Honored to be here, actually. Really am. Uh, love Pastor Kyle. Uh, love this 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 house. I love this house. Amen. My daughter has been coming here. Sydney, she loves this house, and uh, thankful that she's in a place where I know the truth is being preached. Amen. Okay. What I'm gonna have to loosen everybody up. Don't get me to where I gotta loosen y'all up. Amen. Okay. This, listen. If you came here tonight, because the last couple times I've been here, pre, you know, preach, preach, preach. I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm not going to be sweating. I'm not going to preach the paint off the wall. So if you came for that, you, you came the wrong night. Okay? God has me on assignment tonight. Because somebody in here, their pain has to be touched. Okay? All right? It could be half a dozen of you. It could be one. Next week, I'll be in Harrisonburg, Virginia, preaching at a church. There'll be a 1,000 people there. And I'll preach three services back to back. And they'll round them up, and they'll herd them in and out of there like cattle. You hear me? But Pastor Kyle, don't ever lose this as you grow. Because I talked to the pastor today, and he said, you got 32 minutes and you got you, that's it. You got to cut it off at 32 minutes. I said, man, I'll just be getting started in 32 minutes. God has me here tonight for a specific reason. I went to Alabama and I preached revival over there for three nights in a row. Preached my throat sideways. Coming back, something happened to me. I exhausted myself completely. I have never done that. I thought I, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it back to Savannah. Went all the way over to Woodland, Alabama, and I felt like that revival was for one person. One person. It was a single lady who was struggling and had been struggling with feeling rejected from life. And she wanted to take her Somebody's got to hear this. There's a lot of buzzwords in modern psychology this day and time. Depression. Anxiety. ADD. Rejection. 
Rejection is an internal thing. There are times where people get offended. And offense is usually an external thing. Because people get offended and they lash out. But people who get feel rejection isolate. And they hold it within. And since we were raised, most of us, in dysfunctional families where there was no talk, no feel, no rock the boat, we take this thing called rejection and we internalize it to the point where it becomes an infection. I'm talking to somebody. Because we ain't dealing with sin problems. I'm speaking to myself. We're not dealing with sin problems. There is a problem with sin. But it don't come from sin. It comes from pain. And it comes from hurt. And it comes from you not feeling like you're able to talk to anybody so you have to internalize everything. Am I talking to somebody? Don't raise your hand, please. Growth is painful. Change is painful. Ask a woman that's pregnant. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck in a place that you don't belong. And I ain't talking about in a place, in a physical place. I'm talking about being stuck in your life where you don't belong. Here I go. Because God has called you to this and you hadn't arrived at this, you're still at that. You're trying to get to point B, but you're still stuck between A and B. And there's something that's got you stuck, it's got you holding you back, from becoming all that God has called. Somebody with me. Can I get an amen in here? God is calling you. You didn't get saved just to get saved. You got saved from something and you're getting saved to something. And on the way to the to something, there's things that get in the way. And we have gone through life, many of us, many, holding pain and hurt and trauma it's going to go down but then it's going to come back up y'all okay we got how many know Jesus came down so that he could go it's got to go down before it goes up I'm going to bring this thing down we're going to get it down I'm going to break you down and then the word's going to lift you up are you with me can I talk? Can I talk for a little bit? Unresolved pain from the past will greatly affect promotion in the present. God has saved you from something to something, and we're trying to walk out our purpose, become that which He has ordained, but too many of us are stuck. Where do I go? It is not what this man here is preaching. This man is throwing out the word of God 
And he, there should be a 30, a 60, and a 100-fold return off the word that he's preaching. And many of us don't see the 30. We see a trickle. Go with me. Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 5. And let me read this. And I know this passage of Scripture is talking about a man and a wife, but in its context, there's a general context to it, it's talking about the God in you. You generalize it by saying the God in you. God has put something on each inside of each and every one of us that he wants manifest and come out and for a harvest to come out of your life. Let's read this together. Drink water from your own cistern. Say your own. And running water from your own well. Boy, if I'd have seen that scripture a long time ago, it might have saved me a whole lot of heartache. Come on, somebody. There's way too many of us who've walked into the kingdom, but we've yet to find our kingdom purpose. We're supposed to be living victoriously only to live unvigorously. Yet, we are depressed. There's anxiety. There's numbness. And all these words are true. People say they feel a certain way and all these words are true. And I do believe just like I was sent to Woodland, Alabama I feel like for one lady I was sent here tonight for somebody to let this word touch their pain because pain has to be touched in order for anything to be resolved it has to be identified before anything's going to be resolved Regeneration, listen, regeneration without transformation leads to a carnal Christian. Regeneration without transformation leads to a carnal Christian. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Romans 8, 6 through 9. When you were born again, your spirit was regenerated. But until your mind is transformed, you can't walk into everything God has called you to. You can't even receive what God has for you. God's steady since the beginning of time in Genesis. He's steady pouring himself in. He poured himself into the earth, and now he's trying to pour himself into you, but there's no way that he can. See, your, God is trying to pour out new wine, and your, your wineskin can't hold it. Because there's too much that you've kept inside, you haven't dealt with, you've asked God to heal you, but you've never gone through the healing process. We've forgotten the power of the soul. And as leaders, we must re-emphasize the power of the soul. The soul houses your mind, your will, and your emotions. When you got born again, your spirit was regenerated just like that. 
and your spirit was saved. But your soul that's made up of your mind and your will and emotions, it's a process and it's being saved. So there's plenty of regeneration, but there's no transformation. Why? Because God can't get anything inside of a vessel that has obstacles or blocks to it. Many of us can't move up because we can't move on. Did you hear what I said? Somebody needs to write that down. Many of us can't move up. We can't be promoted. We can't get to where we're supposed to be because we can't move on. And we hear all the religious cliches about, well, you just got to get over it and you got to push through. That's religion. You need to tell me how I need to get through it. You need to show me in the word of how I get Ain't no just forgiving because listen to me, you have to understand what has not been for, what has not been forgiven cannot be forgotten. You may think you've forgotten, but if you haven't forgiven, it will never be forgotten. And it'll come up every time you don't want it to, it'll rear its ugly head and it'll come up in your life. Instead, we should be living like this. Let it hurt. Let it heal. And let it go. But instead, we've lived our life far too long, way too long, with hurt on the inside, pain on the inside, and it's begun to fester in our life, and it's brought on this thing called rejection infection. Pain and hurt has to be identified. It has to be touched. Then it has to be renounced by you and then cleansed by the word. I'm preaching to some. Listen, it's got to be touched. It's got to be brought out. It's got to be renounced by you and the well that's on the inside of you and then cleansed by the word. And because... We're hurting. We move to these things called coping. Anybody got any coping? Any shoppers in here? Come on, somebody. Don't be honest with me. Eaters, smokers, drinkers. There's a way that we all try to cope with our pain, and it's temporary, and it will never satisfy So we move into this coping thing and then some of us begin to cope on people. And there's a thing called codependency. It's called a people addiction. And there are too many, far too many pastors in the pulpit, I being one of them at one time, that was addicted to people and their affirmation and their acceptance. If you've been called by God to preach the gospel, you don't have to have any affirmation except from God himself. Any acceptance except from God himself. But there's far too many people, and then see, and all, and when you get, when you, when you cope, when you're trying to cope with your pain by having people feel you, you will always come up empty. 
There's no man and there's no woman, although God loves relationship, there's no man and there's no woman who can fill your bucket and keep your cistern full. That's why the Bible says you got to drink from the well of your own cistern, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. That's where you're going to get your fulfillment from. You can't forget your fulfillment from the person sitting beside you. And if you do, you're always going to come up empty. It's no different than an addiction of drugs or alcohol or whatever. You're going to always pull and pull and pull and pull and be needy on somebody. Only to come up empty. And then this is what happened because the enemy is such a trickster is when we begin to rely on people to try to fill us and they, we feel like they're not filling us, which they never will, then we feel this thing called rejection. And we begin to believe in our heart and in our mind that this person just rejected me. More than likely, the person did not reject me, but the person doesn't have the responsibility of filling my cistern. And if I'm looking to the person to do that, I'm going I'm to come up short every time. We look externally to try to cure an internal problem. And it can't happen. Are y'all with me? Y'all bored? So when we realize people ain't doing, when we realize people ain't doing it, we feel this rejection. And when the rejection is not dealt with properly, then infection sets in. We try to keep silent about what we're feeling. We don't want to share with nobody because we can never share anything when we were growing up. Come on, y'all. David said in Psalm 32.3, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old to the roaring all the day long. And it kept him tormented, so much so that it began to infect his immune system. Your bones is structure. It has to do with your immune system. And he said, when I kept quiet, when I didn't talk about it, when I didn't identify the pain in my life, this happened to me. It caused depression. It caused anxiety. Loneliness. Isolation. It literally affects the whole body. I'm talking to somebody. Rejection opens the door for the mind to be flooded by lies from the enemy. What we have seen where I now work at Living Waters and we deal with this stuff every day. Rejection, the feeling of rejection 
so flood your mind with lies about who you are versus what who God says you are. And another thing, people that struggle with rejection, listen to me. What, what happens is people begin to feel rejected and they won't talk about it. They won't say anything about it. And because they feel like they've been rejected, they'll just know deep down in their heart and they'll begin to speak with their mouth that the next person's going to reject them. It's a trick. It's a trick. And the enemy thinks he's slick. But we're going to get this thing straightened out tonight. There is somebody in this room, I feel it in my spirit, there is somebody in this room that even struggled with rejection today. These are the lies. I don't belong. I'll never measure up. And I know that I struggled with this when I was a pastor because I would leave the church and the enemy would beat my brains out before I got home. I didn't know how to fight this stuff. I didn't even know what rejection was. This stuff ain't being preached in church. I don't belong. I'll never measure up. Nobody loves me. That's why suicide is at the highest rate it's ever been. People want to be loved. People want to be accepted. People want to be affirmed. And as soon as we can understand that we have a heavenly father that meets all of those needs. And he's the only one that can fill it. You can't just forget the pain of rejection. The pain of rejection has to be removed. There's no such thing as casting and blasting rejection. I used to do it. Come on down front. And we'll lay hands on you. And we'll cast that spirit of rejection. You can't cast this thing out. Because it's not always about taking something out of you and replacing it with something by, by God. It's about God becoming so large on the inside of your life that it pushes out the darkness. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. Amen. So, transformation is the renewing of your mind. That means coming out of agreement with the lies rejection has spoken over you to come in, into alignment with what Christ has spoken in you. I've got to come out of agreement with the lies that rejection 
has spoken over my life and I got to come into alignment with the Holy Spirit and what He speaks into my heart. Now you have to understand, this is all a process. Every time we, we visit this pain from rejection, you have to understand a stone is formed in your heart. A stone. We have a teaching at Living Waters that's called the stony heart. And I said, man, that really sounds cheesy, but let me tell you something. There's truth to it, and it's very biblical. Hurt after hurt and pain after pain and the rejection that you have felt the rejection, listen, some of you subconsciously are dealing with rejection and you don't even know it until you heard this tonight. Hurt after hurt, pain after pain, they compile together and they begin to harden your heart. And when your heart becomes hardened, God can't do anything. He can't get anything in you. And it's like what James 1.7 says where you're a double-minded man and when you're a double-minded man don't think that you can expect to see anything from God. You may get a trickle of God's love and you may experience, we think that we've experienced the fullness of God's love. Let me, we have not experienced the fullness of God's love. We got too much of this stuff we haven't dealt with. Hebrews says, harden not your hearts in the time of rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Jesus in Matthew 13 talked about the seed falling on stony ground. There was four, there was four uh, categories of the seed and the ground in which it fell on. Some of it fell by the wayside and Satan come and snatched it. Some of it fell on stony places and it said they, they, they received the word with joy but had, couldn't get the roots. See, that's what's wrong. When we struggle with things like rejection and hurt and those pains have never been touched in our life, this is what happens. We, we can receive the word with joy and whoa, that sounds good. That was great. The pastor brought a great message today and you ask him on Tuesday what he preached about and you can't remember anything. The word never got any root. It never rooted itself in your life. I'm talking to y'all. Some of y'all in here right now said, man, he's talking to me. I, that's me. I can receive that thing with joy and I know what he's saying. But as soon as I leave this place, that thing is gone. It hasn't risen, hasn't taken root for anything. And then you had the seed that fell on fertile soil, cultivated soil. The heart that's not hardened. The heart that doesn't have stone after stone and hurt after hurt. None of it being dealt with. None of it. And it says he received a 30 and 60 and sometimes a hundredfold back from the word. And I know Pastor Kyle comes in here every week and he releases a word over this house.
responsibility falls on the hearer, not the speaker. Desiring transformation takes motivation to wash in the water of the word. Desiring transformation. Desiring my soul to be right. So I can walk in the fullness, say fullness, of what God has called me to. If I'm going to wash myself in the water of the word, I can no longer listen to what people say. I can't listen to what my family says about me. I can't listen to what the enemy says about me. I must come into alignment of the things that God has called me to be. The Bible says, he calls me by name, but what will I answer to? I must begin to study thyself approved unto God, a workman rightly dividing the word of truth. I must begin to repent. Yes, repent. Tonight is a night of repentance. I repent to you, Lord. We got to get the victim mentality out of here. I repent to you, Lord, for listening to what those voices said when your voice was telling me all along, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is who I am. And the church is full of an identity crisis. And we, we want to tackle the behaviors and we want to tackle the sin. That's not the root. That's what we do at Living Waters. We don't, we don't, we don't tackle that. Yeah, I know you're sleeping around. Yeah, I know you're doing all that stuff. But, but what what? Yeah, I know, I know you I know you smoking dope. Yeah, I know you're doing all that stuff, but what what happened to you when you was a kid? How's your life? We go straight to the root. Because if you get the root and you pluck it and you pull it out, the sin will go. It'll fall. Like Satan fell from the sky like lightning. If you get to the root, the sin will go. If you want to live the abundant life that Christ said you can live, if you want to be set free from the captivity of being stuck, I have to let the truth of what the Word says pluck every stone, every hurt out of my heart. The wall has to be dismembered and the behavior structures have to be torn down. But the only way it's going to happen is if the Christ in you becomes larger than the voice externally. Carnality fall. I know this is very different, y'all, but this is what I need to do. It's very different. Carnality will fall off of your life. The church is full 
do you hear me? The church is full, full of carnal Christians. I was one of them. Come on, y'all. It's okay to say, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm carnal because I'm hurt and I'm struggling. The struggle is real, but let me tell you something. The struggle may be real, but there's never a moment where Christ is not with you and that you are unloved by him. You are accepted in the beloved. Every soul in this place. Now we have to understand Joseph himself was rejected. Now we're on the way back up. Joseph himself was rejected. He was rejected by his brothers. He was rejected and he was abandoned. They didn't like his dream. They didn't like the favor on his life. So they took him and they threw him in a pit. But let me tell you something. That man, if you read the story about his life from Genesis 37 to chapter 42, if you read the story about his life, the man knew exactly how he was supposed to respond to the rejection that came his way. And I'm here to tell you tonight that your rejection can become your promotion. All right, now come on. Your rejection, God wants to use your rejection for your promotion. He used Joseph's rejection for his promotion. He was thrown into a pit. Then he was falsely accused. Then he was forgotten in a prison after he done used his gift in it for somebody else. And then finally, the, the king of Egypt pulled him out of the pit and placed him in a place where he had power over all of Egypt. He did, listen, he did not get the place, he didn't get to the place by God feeling sorry for him because that's a victim mentality. The way he got to the place was God never felt sorry for him one minute. God sat back and said, I'm going to see how this young man responds to the rejection that came into his life. Why? Because God had already spoken favor over his life a long time before and he wanted to see will he believe what he was saying or would he believe what the enemy was putting in his mind. I can't get no help in here. This is good though. You see, you're thinking of God will do this because he feels sorry for me. That's a victim mentality. We have to have a victorious mentality of I don't care what happens to me. I'm going to respond the way that God wants me to respond. Why? Because then and only then will I get to the next level. That's when I'll be pulled out from the pit and put into the palace. And guess what? When he got pulled out of the pit and put into the palace, his brothers came to him and he could have put his, he could have put his hands around their neck and he could have choked them down and gotten even with them. But no, he didn't do that. In fact, he took and blessed the thing that cursed him. And God will always put you in a predicament. Listen to me. He will always put you in a predicament to where you have a chance to bless what cursed you. 
Psalm 23, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. He didn't want you to sit down in front of your enemies and eat in front of them and make fun of him. He wanted you to sit down in front of your enemies and give him some of what you got. That's what promotes you. It's not that you got done wrong. It's that I respond right to being done wrong. Ain't no help in here. Matthew 10, 14. Jesus said this. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from there just shake shake the dirt off your feet he didn't say you, you tell them about themselves you tell them how bad they are I'm going to give them a piece of my mind he didn't say do any of that he said shake the dust off your feet somebody will receive you Come on, somebody. Somebody will receive you. Somebody will receive what you have to say. Somebody will receive your love. Somebody will give you some love. Somebody will do it. Jesus was rejected. Let me mess you up. Jesus was rejected. Jesus felt the same rejection that we feel. Probably worse Jesus hung on the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Then in a moment in time where rejection had come to a critical and strategic moment, he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? For a moment, he believed the lie. He believed the lie of rejection just like we do. And he thought that his father had forgotten about him and left him alone. And what could have been going through his mind while he was on that cross? Listen, I'm all alone. I came to my people and they received me not. I came to my people and they received me not. He bought into the lie for just a moment and he said this, Father, why have you forsaken me? But then praise be to God, right after that, his last words was, it is finished. And he was promoted. sits at the right hand of the Father. David would have never been able to sustain his kingship. He would have never walked into kingship had he bought the lie of the enemy. Turn to Psalm 55. Psalm 55. I should have told you all to turn to that early on. Let me just read this to you. David at this time was not king. He was going through every test for him to become king. And this was a time where he was being tested heavily. 
and he was rejected. He was rejected. And he was rejected by somebody that he loved. And loved him. And the Bible says that they walked in sweet fellowship. Psalm 55, 1. Give ear to hear my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and hear me. I am restless. Listen to him. This is what he went through. This is what we go through. I am restless in my complaint. I moan noisily because of the voice in my the voice of the enemy. I moan noisily. Remember what he talked about roaring all the day long because of the oppression of the wicked for they bring down trouble upon me and in wrath they hate me. My heart is severely pained within me. This man is going through agony and this is the same type of agony that some of us have carried around for years and tonight you're going to release it. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. He's to a place where he don't even want to live. Fear, fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So he said, oh, that I would have wings like a dove. This is a runner. The coping mechanism here is he's running. He wants to get out of there. How many of y'all know a runner? Anytime something comes up, they run right out of there. Argument comes up, I'm running. You do me wrong, I'm running. David had the same issues. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. You have to understand this is a process here. And what he did was he identified the pain. And I want you to think for just a moment as you sit here. I want you to think for a moment. And I want you to think about the pain. The pain that you've endured in your life. Some of you ain't endured it. Some of you are still dealing with it. Because you never forgave. You can't forget what hadn't been forgiven. It will come back. And then if you move on to verse 16, to verse uh, 12 through 14, he says, For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it. Nor is it the one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, that I could hide from him. But it was you, a man, my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God, in the thrones of God. He identified it. He identified who it was. You have to identify the pain. You have to let God touch the pain. And then you have to identify who it was that caused the pain. There's four, there's, there's nine steps to grieving a loss. Okay? There's four of them at the very beginning before you get to forgiveness. It's shock. It's anger. It's sadness. And then it's facing facing it then it's forgiveness and what happens this is what happens some of you in here tonight I see this all the time when you get to sadness you revert back up to shock because you don't want to feel sad and the Bible says it's better to go to the house of mourning than it is to go to the house of feasting 
Why? Because mourning and grieving gets you through the process. And you have to feel it. You ha Jesus had to feel the pain. And when you revert back up to shock, then you come back down again to sadness and you don't want to feel sad again. You revert. You've just created a cycle in your life and that's where addictions are formed. Come on, y'all. Because you're in that cycle, you can't get out of it. You can't stop it. And so you got to get something to numb the pain from. thing that's going to numb the pain is the well of Christ in you. And that's it. So he identified that. And then verse 16 and 18, listen to what he does. Verse 16 through 18. As for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and noon. He had a process. Evening, morning and noon. He said, I will pray and I will cry aloud to God. He shall hear my voice. He has redeemed my soul in peace from the battle that was against me or within me. Come on. For there were many against me. He took it. He prayed evening, morning, and night. Then in verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord. He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. In verse 22, he cast it on the Lord and nailed it to the cross. But look at what he did. He identified it. He said, who was it? He dealt with it. Evening, morning, and night, he cried out to God. He even wrote about it. That's what, da listen, David's Psalms is mostly his journal of dealing with junk. Same junk we deal with. It ain't no different. But David wrote it down and dealt with it. And then in verse 22, he said, this is no longer mine. I'm casting Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, A new heart I will give you, a new spirit I will put in you. I will take away the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, one that can feel again, one that can receive again, one that can love again, one that can be stable again, one that can be grounded again, one that can receive the fullness of God's love. Before we move on to the next part of the service, write this down. Identify the lies. Every person in here under the sign of my, well, I'm just getting warfare. No, you ain't. Ain't no warfare. It's lies. Pastor, it's a lie. Every time the devil beats your brains out, I know, I know how it is. 
I know nobody was here. Nobody was listening to me. Nobody was, no, 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 no. That ain't what, that ain't what God said. Identify the lies. Renounce the lies. Repent for believing the lies. This is important now. You have to do this. Then you have to renew your mind daily with truth. You may have a well on the inside of you, but that well has to have a source. The well on the inside of you is Christ in you. The source is his word that feeds you. Find in your word what God says about you versus what rejection speaks over you. I took five minutes in there and I wrote down just some things just a little while ago of who God says I am. And I had to do that. Anytime I walk out in front of people and preach, I do this now. Because the enemy will try to bombard my mind even while I'm standing here in this pulpit. Seriously. Because you look out and you see people with their arms folded and not responding, but that don't mean that they ain't getting it. But the enemy will try to use that. And I don't buy into that lie anymore. Stand with me. you need to be honest with yourself tonight because at the time when I had a hard heart okay I didn't realize it Kyle I didn't realize that I was dealing with stuff from years ago that I never let go of that I never pushed through the truth of the word. There's a guy that I've been working with. I'm not lying to you guys. There's a guy that I've been working with up at Living Waters, and he's a pastor. And he had rejection so bad in his life. It was the worst case I've ever seen in my life. Pastor's a large church. Y'all may even know who he is. And I simply told him after we counseled several times, he spent the whole, he spent like a, a month with me. And I simply told him, I said, you just, you've got to write down the lies that you've believed. Because there are a lot of lies spoken, but there are only some that you believe. 
And you got to dig in your word. You got to get in your word. I can't do this for you. Pastor Kyle cannot do this for you. He can't get you. He can't tell you everything. You've got to get in your word. You've got to open your body. Get the dust off the cellophane paper. And open your word. And get in the word for yourself. And find the, the, the truth that's contrary to the lie. This guy's been doing this for six months. And he texts me weekly with a whole nother group of lies. Six months. And he's still finding lies. He's still getting. This, is not, this ain't going to just happen right now. This has got to start right now. So what I want you to do let me pray for you. Can I pray for him, God? I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray for you. Everybody in here, everybody in here has struggled with this at one time or another. likes the altar because it's a place of sacrifice and it hurts. Hey, will you open that one for me? Okay. Some of you it spoke to more than others. And I know it wasn't funny and all that tonight. I know it rafters or anything like that but this is serious and I want to see you set free and if you're 23 years old it's a whole lot better getting set free from this garbage than it is when you're 45 and I waited too long do you hear me and if you under the sound of my voice I need you to lay that stuff right here on this altar right now. If this thing has spoken to you, I need you to lay it on this altar and kill it. Sacrifice it. And begin to live by the truth of what God's word says, not by the lie the enemy has spoken over you. You are accepted in the beloved. You are important. You are a son. You are a daughter of the most high God. You are the victor and not the victim. You are. He knows the number of hairs on your head. You're important to him. He holds you up by his right hand. He sees you in your comings and goings. He speaks life to you. So everybody in here just lift up your hands right now. 